What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Mavs Film Room Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Apaji. We're recording this on Sunday, December 25th, 2022. It is just after the Mavericks recorded a 124-115 to 115 win against the LA Lakers at the American Airlines Center on Christmas Day. After the Mavericks unveiled the long-awaited statue of Dirk Nowitzki outside of the arena, a great statue, by the way. Um, they nailed it, which is great because Dirk deserves all that and more. And I think the Mavericks deserved this win today after they got a combined 88 points from Luca, Christian Wood, and Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, it was an ugly first half for the Mavericks in which they fell down by as much as 14 points on two separate occasions. Uh, but credit them for... Uh, their second half adjustments um, and really just remembering how to make shots in the second half. And they put together a 51-point third quarter, uh, which is the highest scoring quarter in the NBA this season. And they were able to build their lead up to 20 points in that quarter. And that propelled them to the victory against the Lakers, against LeBron James, who is probably you know the, the marquee Christmas player in NBA history. Uh, the Mavericks got their first Christmas Day win in 14 years. The last win they got was in 2008 on Christmas when they played in Portland against the Trailblazers. Um, of course, they had hosted um, a Christmas Day game in 2011 against the Miami Heat. Uh, Miami, of course, blew them out in that game. And then they had played the last two Christmases, um, both on the road in 2020 in LA, uh, where the Lakers with LeBron James uh, took them to tasks again. Uh, and then last season uh, in Utah against the Jazz, but Luca was unfortunately out for that game with an ankle injury and COVID. Uh, so the Mavericks weren't able to get that win. But finally, we see them win on Christmas for the first time in a very long time. Uh, it's a great day when the Mavs win, and it's a great day when the Mavs win on the world stage. So I'm here with Rohan and Fazel. How's it going, guys? You know, I live in a place where this game is also blacked out, but I'm home for the holidays. So I got to experience having two different ways to watch this, one being Bally Sports and the other being League Pass, and not being able to watch it on either of those two and instead having to use the tertiary Hulu with live sports option, even though I live in Texas and have lived in Texas for like 30 goddamn years of my life. <laughs> so... Uh, other than the Mavs winning the game, um, it was a little bit of a headache to get the game on. But you know what? I'm just going to be happy to have seen the statue unveiled and that we got Chris Wood's greatest game in a Mavericks uniform today. Yeah. Um, that was, I mean, obviously I'm doing well. I'm in Houston right now. So I think the blackout would still apply to us if we tried to watch it elsewhere i think but anyway we got to watch it on abc so you know i got to hear uh hubie brown's geriatric ass saying a whole lot of stuff that i'm not sure is accurate or not but you know at the end of the day the the game was more important and um that second half was it more than made up for the the first half that we watched so yeah, all that was good, and um, I'm relieved to see that Dirk's statue looks amazing and doesn't have, um, you know, cannot can't be interpreted as an homage to um, sex toys. So, yeah, yeah, 
safe for work. That's always really important for, you know, multi-million dollar public decoration. <laughs> yeah, it's good that they, uh, you know, took the feedback on that and improved the statue. But it's fitting you're in Houston, uh, which is the site of the Mavericks' last game before this one, of course, which is where Luca went off for 50 points, which was the second 50-point game of his career. I was unable to watch that one, and I regret it. Um, and so... Tonight it was surprising, or today rather, it was surprising to see him get off to kind of a, a lackluster start. He wasn't really uh, as aggressive as we had you know, seen him in the past. The Lakers, on the other hand, were really aggressive in doubling him, and he was having a hard time uh, trying to deal with that uh, at first. And of course, the Mavericks uh, role players were not doing him any favors, just breaking pretty much every three-point attempt that came their way. Uh, McKinley Wright, who I would never have thought... Uh, when the season started, would get minutes on Christmas Day, was surprisingly, um, I don't know if productive is the right word, but I thought he gave them something in the first half, uh, just keeping them afloat. You know, he had a nice and one. Uh, I think he had another floater. And so, you know, that's just five points, but that kept the Mavericks connected at points in the game where things were starting to get away from them. Uh, and of course, was playing hard on defense too. So shout out McKinley Wright, uh, you know, for for keeping the Mavs in there in the, sec in the first half. And of course, second half, you know, we we just kind of talked about it. They finally decided to make shots. And I think that was really catalyzed by Luca getting into the paint more. Um, it was kind of honestly a chicken and egg issue because I think once the Mavericks were able to get a few three-pointers uh, to start the half, like with, I think Dinwiddie and Hardaway making back-to-back -back threes um, in, in the first or in the third quarter, uh, that you know, forced the Lakers to not uh, double Luka as aggressively and he was able to get in the paint and kick it out to shooters and that's when the floodgates open. And that's not even to mention Christian Wood just having, like you said, his best game as a Maverick on both ends was just engaged, always in the right spot, making passes out of the short roll. I mean, I think that's the Christian Wood that we all expected to see when the Mavericks made the trade for him. No, exactly. And it's one of those things that we've talked about as the season has progressed on this podcast and weirdly enough, as the Mavericks had struggled uh, in the last month or two, it hasn't really been because Christian Wood isn't trying harder every single every single week. I mean, you can see the progression purely in terms of the film. As a role man, in the beginning of the season, he was not an effective screener and very seldom would get an easy basket like he was able to get very simply against the Lakers in the fourth quarter tonight. Um, and I think it's just emblematic of his effort in general being a lot more balanced. We've talked about rebounding Jay, I think, on the last episode that we did, whether that was recorded or not, I may not remember. <laughs> um, but his defense has also gone up. But tonight, I mean, his screening has really improved. His ability to move with the defender and to also exploit a mismatch has been great. <laughs> um, he he has definitely been more consistent than the beginning of the season, and he doesn't get into foul trouble as much. Weirdly, tonight we saw Luca get into some foul trouble, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. Yeah, so um, I just want to make a quick clarification on McKinley Wright because, I don't know, I just, I'm pedantic and I watch the game, but um, in the first half, you know, you mentioned he had the and one. I'm pretty sure he missed the free throw on the and one. But um, I also didn't want to point out, though, that within moments of him checking into the game, he was matched up to LeBron defensively. And, you know, it was just a mismatch off a switch. 
but um, he held his own against LeBron in the post and forced him into a tough shot that LeBron missed. And it's like nobody else gave him a tougher look in the entire first half practically. So that was that was a very pleasant surprise. I was like, okay, you know, he's showing something. And then I think like moments later, he hit the hand one. So I was like, okay, could this be a McKinley right game? And of course, you know, he wasn't, he didn't really follow that up in the second half. But I mean, we didn't need him in the second half. Good. didn't need that. And he's not supposed to like, look at the kind of player he is so young in his career. Like we can't like have any kind of expectation for him at all. Like, you know, um, and he still went out and did all that. But um, yeah, so I guess moving on to Christian Wood, he was very good. Um, I think this, he's shown flashes of everything good he's put in this game uh, throughout the entire season. But this game, and really for most of the last month, I'd say he's been playing winning basketball, um, or at least trying to, you know, a lot harder than a lot of guys on this team. So he's, um, it was really good to see all of that pay off and, you know, this is kind of the culmination of that and hopefully, you know, springboard into bigger and better things for him. But um, even, even in the last game against Houston, he, that wasn't his highest scoring output, but he brought the most effort on the team outside of Luca um, in terms of just like, you know, that overall win to will to win. And I think against Houston, he got what, four or five blocks. So that was, that's kind of been, been indicative of, you know, obviously blocks aren't a tell-all stat of how well you're playing on defense blocks and steals. Those, those are just box score stats, but it is an indicator of effort and what has been putting in a lot of effort. So I uh, got to give him big props and hopefully, you know, he gets an extension very soon because I think it would be a pretty safe gamble for the Mavs, you know, to just bet on him because, I mean, yeah. You're not going to get 30 points a night from Wood, I don't think. But like you said, he has been playing winning basketball recently, um, even before he got into the starting lineup, which really happened out, more out of necessity than um, than anything else. So, I mean, obviously the Mavericks are dealing with a ton of injuries right now. Uh, but I guess if there's one silver lining, it's that it's forced Christian Wood to be in the starting lineup. Uh, it's forced him to close games. Uh, and play the lion's share of his minutes with Luca, which I mean we've seen now has paid dividends. Um, and I think like he just gives them another dynamic on offense. We've talked about it all season. Um, he's just a versatile player on offense. Like his ability to shoot the ball, his ability to finish at the rim, set screens, roll, um, and of course now that now we're seeing it more, make passes out of the roll. Like he had seven assists on this game tonight. Uh, and, you know, he had several passes to shooters in the corner. I mean, I can remember two to Reggie Bullock. Uh, I'm pretty sure he had at least one to Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, and so, like, his court vision is actually a very underrated part of his game. And I think that's where uh, kind of some of that winning mentality you see shine through. It's, you know, with him, is it's not so much about the scoring. Um, the scoring will come because he's a talented offensive player, but it's about making the right play. Uh, and defensively now, this is like what his fourth or fifth consecutive game with two plus blocks. Uh, I, I still don't think he's the greatest defender in the world, but we saw he can be effective with, um, you know, a more reliable big as the Mavericks made the adjustment in the second half to start Dwight Powell alongside Christian Wood. And I think that really helped him out defensively. He was able to do what he does best, which is, you know, recover off drives and try to get blocks um, and just use his length as a deterrent, as opposed to trying to be a rim protector, which we know that he's not. So I think I really like what I've seen out of Christian Wood these last few games. And I agree. Uh, 
I think an extension is in order for him if the Mavericks don't plan to trade him. But I do think he's someone that they can build around going forward with the right pieces um, if they're able to acquire them. I mean, even if they do plan to trade him, what is the necessary negative of signing him to an extension? Is it that uh, the future team may not want to be plugged into that money? They would rather be expiring? Yeah, sure. I mean, I can entirely get that. But also, I don't think this team is really in a position to be balking at talent that wants to stay here for a pretty decent uh, salary. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, I don't know if Christian Wood would sign an extension now for, I think, um, four years, 77 million is like the maximum amount that he can get. Um, don't know that and don't know if the Mavericks value him at that number either. But I do think that uh, based on what happened with Jalen Brunson, um, it's smart business to at least start discussing the extension because if Christian Wood continues to play this way, I think that will end up being a more than reasonable number for him. I'm pretty sure they've offered more money to Nerlens Noel in the past, haven't they? Yeah. I, it just seven. off the top of my head, you said 77 <laughs> yeah. million. I was like, we 100% have offered more than that to way worse players. Yeah, four years, 77 million. That's um, 19.25 million a year, which, I mean, for when you consider the cap going up over time, that's I think that's bordering on a steal for a player of Woods Towns. So it definitely is smart business to offer that max extension to him. It's just um, a matter of, you know, is Wood going to take it or not, I think. I think the thing Wood has going for him is that Luca really likes playing with him, and I, and I don't think it's a it's um insincere. Luca has spoken positively about Wood throughout the season. Talked about how much he enjoys playing with Wood, how much he thinks that Wood brings to the team. Um, and I think finally it's starting to get through um, to Jason Kidd. You know, obviously, I don't think Kidd trusted Wood that much to begin the season, and who knows how things would be if the Mavericks weren't suffering through a rash of injuries right now. Uh, but Christian Wood tonight, 37 minutes and 51 seconds. And, you know, again, the best game of his season. So these kind of performances can't hurt Christian Wood. Um, and again, the more he continues to do this, it's going to be harder and harder to justify not offering him the extension unless the Mavericks find a deal that they feel improves the team. But um, I don't think Christian Wood is necessarily like your second best player, but as the third best or fourth best player, I think he's perfectly uh, suited for that role. I guess, go, given with where this discussion is going, it seems like if the Mavericks have a good idea of a deal that they want to make with Seawood in the near future, they would have every incentive not to extend him. But if they don't, I feel like if you don't have a certain confidence that the deal that you want is on the table you kind of are in a situation where you can't afford to not extend him. So, yeah, going back to with what all three of us have agreed on on this on this discussion, they got to be at that table. Yeah, they're pretty much at the, at the same position that they were with uh, Jalen Brunson, right? Trade deadline is coming up in around two months. If you extend him now, you're not going to be able to trade him at the deadline. Um, but if you wait till after the deadline to offer the extension, there is a decent chance that he doesn't accept it. 
um, opts to go to free agency in the summer. And at that point, who knows? Um, he might feel disrespected by that. Um, and he's free to go wherever he wants uh, on July 1st. So let's see how they handle this. Um, hopefully they've learned from their mistakes. And hopefully they have a, a little bit clearer of, of a vision for the future than they've demonstrated thus far. Because I think, um, like like we said, Christian Wood, I think absolutely has a place in the Mavericks' future. But it's got to be with the right players um, around him. Agreed. And even casting a wider net, I think, with how he's progressed in the last two months, he can serve a decent role on any winning team or, or a team with playoff aspirations pretty much anywhere in the league, I would I would say. Now, as long as he's bought in, I fully believe that he can that he has the basketball skills necessary to be a productive member of any team, which was not a thing that I was saying three months ago. So purely in terms of trade stock, I think that has gone up significantly. And I'll just read a tweet that I just saw right now with regards to Christian Wood and an extension. So Tim McMahon of ESPN just tweeted that Christian Wood said, I'm happy to be here when asked about the possibility of an extension. That's all, or that's what I'll say. The vibe is good. I'm open to it. And then McMahon said that he asked him if the extension needs to be four years. And Christian Wood said, I can't answer that while laughing before walking away. So I don't know. I guess the vibe is good. That's the takeaway there. Yeah, definitely. All that early season drama seems to be behind us. And um, I do think it's prudent to bring up the Jalen Brunson situation like you guys did, because if that never happened, if we were somehow able to retain Jalen over the off season, we came into the season, you know, with all these guys and probably playing a lot better than we have so far. Um, yeah, there's, there's entirely a possibility that, you know, Mark and Nico and whoever else get cute and play these games with Christian Wood about the contract extension. But I think with, I don't think, I just, it doesn't seem humanly possible to me to repeat the same debacle with Jalen Brunson two seasons <laughs> in a row. Like, if that happens, I might, you know, jump off a bridge or something. So I'm just, I, I don't know. I, I feel like, I feel like there's going to be a more concerted effort to keep Wood in town. <laughs> I would hope so because it didn't feel like the Mavericks could repeat the Steve Nash mistake again, but. It appears the Brunson situation is kind of, or, you know, the Brunson thing is trending in that direction, uh, which is how well that Jalen is playing with the Knicks. So, um, dude, it's so annoying, and- though. Like, over last season, in the middle of last season, Mark Cuban directly brought up the Steve Nash situation. And he was like, I'm not going to, you know, that was the biggest mistake of my ownership. And I'm not going to ever let that happen again. And I think it might have been in reference to Jalen. And then, yeah, probably. No, it, really was. it was. He preempted the thought. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to make this. Say- like, that was the implication of that quote. That's why he was asked the question. And, and so, he did like- <laughs> also say that they can pay him more than anyone else. I don't know whose call it was to, you know, let not pay him the max or whatever, but perhaps someone should have overruled uh, that person. <laughs> That's all I'll say. God. Uh, there's a there's a great quote in a rap song. I don't know if Jay's heard it. Fool me once, <laughs> fool me twice, fool, fool, fool me again. You, you can't get fooled again. Load the chopper, let it rain on you. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Jermaine Cole. 
friend of former Mav, Dennis Smith Jr. I think that's enough, though, uh, on Christian Wood and his uh, extension talks. But I think things are trending in the right direction for him. That's very clear. And we'll, we'll continue to see how he plays. It was definitely helpful that Anthony Davis wasn't playing for the Lakers uh, in this game because I think Wood would have probably been uh, defended a lot more aggressively had he played. But, you know, not going to apologize for, you know, a win. Three straight wins for the Mavericks. They're now two games over 500. Uh, Luka Doncic continues to to dominate. I don't really know if there's that much to talk about besides he just does what he does every night. Um, and it was great to see Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, recover from a bad first half um, and play an incredible second half um, to end up being the second leading scorer of the Mavs. You know, it's, it's funny, at halftime, I think Monica McNutt uh, of ESPN was doing an interview with him in the tunnel and kind of indirectly asked him or t- was was like, you you struggled in the first half, like how do you get going in the second half? So I guess shout out to Monica McNutt for motivating him with that question. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, Tim, they mentioned it on the broadcast, Tim shot 0 for 7 from 3 against Houston and obviously had a very struggle struggling game against them and then you know he had a bad first half against the lakers and he only scored three points but that 23 point outburst in the second half was much needed and i gotta give props to reggie as well um again he played pretty abysmally throughout the same time periods but in that second half he did finally step up mostly in the fourth quarter i'd say which was big because you know the Mavs had a lead but the lakers hadn't checked out of the game totally as we could see from um the entire first half of that first quarter if reggie didn't make his shots or he had continued to play scared then you know there's no telling what could have happened so um he he deserves his props too yeah i mean i know it's actually only one shot but reggie made a three-pointer off of i think a spencer dinwiddie assist in the fourth quarter that damn near looked like the best three-pointer Reggie Bullock has ever shot in his life. I mean, obviously, <laughs> I've not seen enough Reggie Bullock footage, but especially for this year, like, the confidence that he stepped into it, I felt like that was going in the second I saw his shot form. So, like, I there has never been a shot earlier in the season where I had that feeling. So, I don't know. Maybe this is the optimist in me, but with all of with this inju- with this injury bug that's caught the mask lately, if Reggie Bullock could could just start returning to form on the shot. That would be much, much needed. I hope so. I mean, he was good today, four of seven from three. Um, and I thought his defense was pretty solid, which we can't say for all of his games this year. So um, I'm hoping Reggie Bullock can continue to play well and, you know, at least provide some depth for the Mavericks as Dorian Finney-Smith and as Josh Green uh, start to come back from injury here in the next few weeks. And yeah, I think I think you know it's important for the Mavericks to try and you know win as many games as possible for obvious reasons, but also so that you know if they can learn to play now, uh, shorthanded, then perhaps getting these guys back from injury will only you know enhance them some more, and I think can hopefully you know provide a little bit of a spark that we saw in the second half of last season once they got all their guys back from COVID and injury. That's one of those discussions that we have around that title team a lot were Dirk not to have gotten injured, were Karan Butler not to have gotten injured, unfortunately, obviously, that season. Um, 
then maybe guys don't have to step up in the way that they do that leads to them being able to have big moments throughout the playoff run. Uh, so there are silver silver linings that can come from every drawback in the season. That is true. Um, and we'll, I guess, continue to monitor how they play. But the Mavericks do have a somewhat favorable schedule coming up here. I mean, they play Houston two more times in, I think, the next seven or eight days. Is that uh, favorable, get... though? Because they almost lost that one when Luca played with them. Yeah, I mean, that is Luka true. Luca had to score 50 points in order to get that <laughs> one across the finish line. I'm not confident about anything against the Houston Rockets. I don't think Houston is a good matchup for the Mavericks either. They're too they're too quick uh, for the Mavs. But, you know, maybe maybe if Luca's playing like this and Christian Wood is is continuing to be a force, then... Uh, they can they can solve the Rockets a little bit more easily, but I agree. There's no sure thing when it comes to um, comes to the Rockets. Maxi also helps. Yeah, unfortunately, we won't be seeing him anytime soon, if at all, uh, for the rest of the season. But of course, the next game is against the New York Knicks here in Dallas. It's Jalen Brunson's much-awaited return to the you know to American Airlines Center. So that's going to be a good game. Uh, the Knicks were on, what, an eight-game win streak before dropping the last two games, so I'm sure they'll be even more motivated to get a win in Dallas, but it would feel great to beat Jalen Brunson again and continue this win streak, which is now at a modest three games. Yeah, um, I guess just of note, Jalen left today's game against the Sixers early in the fourth quarter with a hip injury, So, and he was out for the entire rest of the game after he exited, so... Uh, that's something to monitor. Maybe he'll be out for the game on Tuesday, but um, I suppose we'll see. Um, you know, I'm obviously wishing for good health for him and just being able to play decent opponents at their best. But at the same time, I also want to get some wins on the board. So if he's out, I mean, I'll be breathing a huge sigh of relief. So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, any any injury to any players across the league are... <laughs> Pretty awful. I mean, it's tough to get through. But Jalen has been pretty integral to that eight-game winning streak for the Knicks as far as I have read and heard. Um, So any competitive advantage that you can get for the Mavs right now sitting two games above 500, you kind of have to take, especially as, you know, Maxi is not suiting up for you. So, yeah, you just take it as you get it. The vibes are good, though. Callie Kaplan did put out a tweet a little bit ago drawing a direct line from Christian Wood's post-game press conference response to uh, Jalen Brunson's possible return on Tuesday. Hey, winning is always great for the vibes, and things didn't seem great on the vibes front in the front in the first half, but, I, uh, you know, all is well that ends well. So hopefully the good vibes continue on Tuesday night and continue for the rest of the season as the Mavericks will hopefully go 46-0 and over the next 46 games. Or at least until All-Star break. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess we got to end this by just saying shout-out to Dirk Nowitzki, who has completed his trifecta, if you will, uh, post-retirement. You know, of course, he start. We started with the great uh, ceremony in 2019 for his last home game. Uh, he had his jersey retired last year. Um, of course, no question, it was very well deserved. And finally, today we got the statue in front of the American Airlines Center, so that 
the one-legged fadeaway and Dirk's contributions to the Mavericks will be immortalized. And so I can't wait to actually go and check it out in person. Um, it looks okay. great from the pictures. And, you know, it's crazy to think that after all these years, Dirk is no longer an active player, but a living legend. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's it's some perspective, I guess, for our life. Uh a long time ago, Fazel and I went to Chicago um, a couple years ago, I want to say now. And I got to see the Michael Jordan statue. When I was in high school, I got to visit Boston a little bit. Got to see some of the statues of the legends there. It always felt like a thing out of history. Like, this is a thing that was put here right like before me and all of this. Even the Shaquille O'Neal statue that was recently put up outside of... Uh, crypto.com center or whatever they call that arena now um, it, it still still feels like a relic of a time before me dirk statue is the first time that like it's really felt like damn like this he's now he's now part of the the foundation of basketball in a very literal sense so uh yeah i love that we have our first great with the statue outside of a major dallas arena uh, I love that every single time that we go to a game there, we just get to see that now. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I've got tickets to the Mavs Celtics game on the fifth, so that's not that. That's very close in the future. So I'm very excited to see that Dirk statue, especially while it's still got that whole, you know, new shine to it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good game. Hopefully the Mavericks can put together a better showing uh, than the last time they played the Celtics. Yeah, we'll see. They did uh, open up by thrashing the Bucks today, so <laughs> I yeah. don't know how confident I am, but uh, hopefully confident going to that New York game for sure. Alright, guys. Well, thanks for joining me on this episode. Always great talking about the Mavs, especially when you can get a win in one of the biggest uh, NBA days of the year. So, Merry Christmas to all those who celebrate. Happy holidays to those who don't celebrate. Uh, and we'll probably be back Tuesday night uh, post game after the Knicks uh, Mavs game, hopefully after another win.